Welcome everyone to um, the podcast episode uh, You're here with Al-Qurwa's volume uh, A podcast for thinking or to help you think Or I don't know lah, basically if you're listening then hopefully you're thinking okay? <laughs> Alright, so uh, my name is Hanisa and our episode today uh, is called All Day Wudu Mm. Mm-hmm. And I have two guest speakers with me uh, And they're going to self-intro And if they don't self-intro, we'll intro them Okay Hi, my name is Kyrie. Um, I've been a long friend of Hanisa's. Mm. So I've known her through many nature appreciation events. <laughs> I think we have organized a few nature appreciation, appreciation events ourselves. Yeah. Uh, currently, I'm working as an engineer at NEA. Yay. And I think that's the reason why <laughs> Hanisa asked me to... No, no, no. That's not the only reason, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name is Akida. I'm a social worker. Um, I've also known Hanisa for a few years. We, I met her during my first year in uni and we did um, Islamic Awareness Series together. That was really fun. Um, I am just interested to be part of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's see where this goes. Because I don't think I have like official professional knowledge on the, t- on the topic. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we all don't uh, because we just started working also. But yeah. we just try to keep the conversation going, just to share yeah. as much as we can. Mm, I guess we could we can start with uh, why I thought you guys were relevant mm. or why we can start talking about it. So, all day wudu, I guess, is the idea of keeping your wudu the whole day because it's something that um, is encouraged by scholars and stuff like that. And Akila is one of the first people who taught me how easy it is to just take your wudu and keep the whole day. Because because as girls, right? Okay, I don't know. Khairi could share his experience. But as girls, usually people think, Oh, leceh lah. You take wuduk, you must take out your tudung, take out everything, then wash. And then after that, put everything on and then you go salat. But then I remember um, there was one uh, iftar in school, uh, 2015, 15? I think. I think. I think. Second, year. <coughs> Second year uni. 15 ah. Um, I don't know. Eh, I don't know. Uh, memang ah, because we we did uh, we met when you were year one, so that was turn fourteen. Yeah, and then so we had this like booth set up for um uh to encourage wudu with less water under uh, like environmental stuff. And then I saw Akila just go to the that right, and then she didn't even take out her tudung, no, she just like tulak belakang belakang skate, and then she just put. And then she washed Then she washed her hand Washed her leg down Amazing Yeah Yeah, And I was just like Oh wow Why did I never think of that Yeah And ever since then I think it's been like Way easier for me To keep my wudu And I especially do that um, When I'm overseas as well Like go toilet You do your stuff And then after that You just wash And make sure you're out Yeah And it's helped me In wonderful times I could give you an example But let's go to Khairi first And what you think about this all day would thing. I think even for guys it's important uh, especially when you go into NS because I mean taking off the boots and taking off your camo cream is all very difficult so if you have the wudu in the first place it's much easier Master time waktu salah you can immediately pray and then you can yeah I guess that's another point that I think we can bring up uh, because when you have your wudu I think you'll quicken your prayers because you yeah, you yeah. don't want to nullify your yeah, wudu yeah. right so yeah immediately after the prayer is the prayer waktu is inside yeah, yeah. it's salat and that's a very good thing lah. Yeah, but yeah, I guess it's probably worse for girls. <laughs> it's more challenging. Because NS is just a face, right? But, yeah. yeah. I only like, um, kind of like, thought about how would it be easier for me to take wudu when I'm outside, when I started uni. Because, you know, in JC, I didn't really have, I mean, we weren't 
tak pakai tudung lah basically yeah. So in uni I was kind of like um, Not experimenting but like thinking Of how can I make it easier lah Because I always I always that When I can't like kind of dread taking wudu because like oh no I have to take out my tudung mm. and I have like 10,000 pins on my tudung uh. and then I pocket balik with the whole process takes like half an hour yeah and I personally struggle with keeping wudu lah so I would have to take like my wudu every every waktu so I was like actually I do I really have to take out my wudu or is there like ways that I can make it easier lah so that's kind of how I <coughs> found a way for myself to make it easier to take wudu yeah and not like dread the process and like because I know I take very long but really like what you said lah wudu if you have an all day wudu then you really juggle what you do because I think there's a probably a spiritual aspect to wudu as well like you don't want to do things that will probably nullify your wudu so when you are in your wudu you don't you try not to backbite about people you try not to say vulgarities yeah so I guess it keeps you in check as well So, I mean, the way that I see wudu is not only like a spirit, uh, physical process. Of course, it's a spiritual process as well. So before you meet God, um, on the prayer mat, you have to clear, cleanse yourself, lah, physically and spiritually. And I think that's the way that we should look at wudu, ah, <laughs> not yeah, not only physical aspect but also spiritual. I I like what you brought up about salating, uh, making it easier to salat. Salating, <laughs> making it easier to salat because I remember there was one incident. Um, so this was after I learned from you how easy it was, right? So I've just been keeping like my wudu wherever, and then I was um I was in China for a school trip, a U.S. pharmacy school trip, and then me and my friends had this clever idea to go off ourselves. <laughs> So so okay let me just give you the scenario right we were um at this place called purple mountain in english but i'm pretty sure the chinese spelling was not purple mountain it's something something shan but it's not purple but anyway so it's like a touristy mountain right and then you had all the paths and then all the majority of our uh schoolmates were like oh let's take like uh this touristy path that touristy path no me and two guys were like no we can get to the top and we're going to go <laughs> so So we veered off. We knew we were supposed to meet the rest of them at this particular spot at 5.30. And then we just like tried to find our own way up. But we had a touristy map. So obviously, it was not accurate. And then every time we go also, we were like, okay, this one salah, that one salah. Eventually, at 5.30, we were lost. <laughs> and then we couldn't. And then we were like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> like, see my two friends, the guys, they panic. Like, their face like... What am I going to do? And they're like, how can they panic more than me? They can speak Chinese. I can't. <laughs> What are other people? Uh, you mean among our like trip? Besides you guys, were there other people on the mountain? Uh, yes, but they were not like, you know, they were like local people. Mm. Yeah, so eventually it was stranded on the side of the road, right? Mm. And then um, somehow... Um, one of my friend's phones rang and then we realized it was our prof who, who's a native there like he stayed he was down there and he said okay you wait there we are coming so my friends stood like the side of the road like like super nervous and stuff and I was like eh it's going to finish Zohor and Asar timing see I haven't I haven't jammed everything I need solid now and then thankfully I remember right before that I had visited the toilet and um After and it was winter tau But I still like did I still I still did my wudu I was like okay, Wash 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 So I, I already had my wudu I was ready All the through was just solid So I told the guys Okay you guys stand there okay? I just pray behind you And then they probably looked at me like Crazy <laughs> But I saw that behind that Right Because I needed to The timing was over But I remember feeling so calm 
I don't know whether it was a combination of that the solat and reminded me that oh, what do I have to be scared of? I'm even if I'm lost, uh, I'm safe, right? I had a good time and Allah is there. So yeah, it was it was wonderful. Then when we got to the bus, like the guys were telling me like, eh, we don't do that again, Hanisa. I'm like, what do you mean? I had so much fun. <laughs> Coupled with that, I saw like at the end. <laughs> yeah, so that was... I don't know if that's related to the wudu, but I think that definitely set yeah, it definitely. up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like you can, like like you say, like anytime, anywhere, it's, it's meant to be very relaxing. And I think if you have the wudu before then, then of course it's gonna be not a burden to to go and take wudu. So it's making salat easier lah. <laughs> So subconsciously, I guess you enjoy your salat more. Mm. <laughs> I think there's the um, like your story really brings out like the wisdom in the work to work to salat throughout the day, the timing of the salat. So like every time, um, you kind of like go about your day and like have your have anxiety, have worry, and then it's time to salat and you realize that oh actually, I mean it calms you down lah. Yeah, throughout the day, you kind of keeps you um, in check. And like remember that you know Allah is the one protecting you. So that like I really find the wisdom in the work, the prayer timing throughout the day is like to in each timing of that day is to much like, take a break from the world and to re- remind yourself. Yeah. So I mean part of wudu is force or that anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's why uh, that your story was like really interesting. Yeah. 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 See, it makes us think that it's really very easy for us to to solat. If we have our wudu, really. But then, like you know, we were talking, Hairi, you were talking about how it's supposed to be a reminder, right? But you know, it can be so habitual that you don't, unless you remind yourself, eh, this is like ibadah, you know, or you remind yourself, eh, you're washing yourself. You can just wash and then completely forget that whole thing. How do you, uh, how does that? How do you guys deal with that? Oh, <laughs> like the remembering, the remembering, or the making sure that wudu, uh. That it becomes a reminder for you. Oh, I guess like we learn when we take our wudu, our sins are falling off. I mean, and that's doa that you do when you when you wash your hand, for example, and you start, then you make the doa that Allah gives your book on the right hand and that your reckoning and the day of judgment is light. And when you wash on the left hand, similarly, you pray that Allah is not giving your book on the left hand and your reckoning is not heavy. And then when you gargle and you wash your mouth, you pray that Allah lets you remember Him and to read the Quran very easily. So I guess like, this makes wudu that the different actions have different doa, and this makes wudu bigger than it is. But you can appreciate wudu more with that, lah. And I think if you look at it from to me, I I like to look at things from a very spiritual kind of place. So it's a spiritual cleansing for me before I meet God on the prayer mat. So it's yeah. So that's how I think I appreciate wudu. So even though I have to do it, yeah, uh, never mind lah. And this time washing my sins, I can see the sins falling off, <laughs> not literally, but I guess. Yeah. Like you imagine it. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciate the process. Not so much of a burden. Uh. And see, this is yeah. why I asked you to come. Because <laughs> you, you can bring the spiritual element of it. When it comes to solat, I guess because it's related, right? I feel solat personally helps me to keep in check more than wudu, honestly. Because, okay, um, for girls, there are periods when we can't solat, right? I feel like d- some people call it like a holiday. Mm, mm. I've, I've ABC, uh. yeah, don't kata Allah uh. bagi cuti kan. Uh. But like, I find it actually harder because you don't have that physical reminder that you're bowing and you know you don't have a stop. Eh, Hanisa, you have to do that. So I have to constantly be reminding myself that uh, Hanisa, you're Muslim. 
Ah, uh, hmm. this related to also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how is that for you, Akila? Um, you mean when when I cannot pray? Is it? Um, I do feel the difference. Ah, like I'm missing missing out because I cannot pray. But I mean, people say there's other things that you can do, lah. But I, for me, I think the feeling is different. Lah, definitely, like the feeling that solat gives you, uh, is different compared to you know any other forms of ibadah that we can do or we cannot pray. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> I think I just. Um, you so you miss I, it lah when. Yeah, and then I think when you mention like it, you probably think it's it sounds weird or it's weird when people say it's a holiday, because I mean the the connotation of holiday is that oh I don't have to pray like eh but sometimes I do admit I much um when I cannot pray I feel happy lah because much um throughout the day I don't have to worry about where to pray uh, when to take wudu and all that but um. When you kind of remind yourself, or when it as the week goes by, you kind of like, oh, I really want to solat. And sometimes when you go through a really difficult time at work or at home, and then you're like, oh, I really wish I can pray because yeah, that's the closest connection. Yeah. Oh, you can hear uh, Azan. <laughs> should Should we pause and give like quiet, annoying, sure. awkward noise? <laughs> All right, we're back. Um, so, uh, if you, <laughs> but yes. So the, we last talked about how um, when the girl, when girls couldn't uh, solat because solat was such an important checker, other than wudu, right? Um, that we do different ways to keep in check. I would say that even stronger than uh, solat, puasa is an even more pressing factor for me to remind myself of taqwa which is great because Ramadan is coming and like I I need to be in that state of like you know because when when I'm fasting I'm so aware that there's nothing in my stomach I'm hungry therefore <laughs> it's like a constant reminder that eh you are fa- fasting for what and then that guides your uh, deeds in a sense like water Water will evaporate, uh, solat will end, but puasa to me is a longer throughout yeah. the day kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but now the question is, if you're not fasting or if you're not praying, then how do you keep yourself in check? Because it, the best case is if we have Ramadan the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> we have that kind of environment the whole year. But if you don't have it, you only have it for one month. So what do you do in the remaining 11 months, for example? I think we can bring in maybe the topic of purity lah because apart from your ibadah, what else do you do? Because ibadah is not, I mean, okay, there are certain actions that don't, sometimes especially girls cannot do. So what else do you do to keep yourself in check lah? Like I mentioned, uh, for, for me, I try <laughs> and do lots of reflection and it's especially after the end of it, of the day yeah so uh, just sitting down um sometimes i make dua sometimes i don't make dua lah because it's just like this personal connection with myself and personal connection with allah yeah so uh i find that and i think it's something that i've mm, sort of developed throughout the years that i find very helpful for myself lah and apart from for me what i the the purity that i uphold most personally is within your inner self like if you're not much like, i'm not congruent with yourself and the things you say what what's inside you and what you much like, i verbalize if that's not like congruent then uh i feel much like, i'm not impure but 
Macam I feel off lah Yeah so purity for me Is that process of like Making sure my inner self And my outer self is congruent Totally concur with her <laughs> Like especially now We are so busy with School and work Sometimes we are too You still have school mm, No <laughs> But I guess, yeah. For the listeners, yes, yeah. we're in school, yeah. I mean, mm. we spend five days a week in the red race. Sometimes you get too caught up with things. Then, like what Akila said, uh, it's good to take a break and do some self-reflection just to get your inner self in tune to whatever that's happening outside, <coughs> just to collect your thoughts. Now that you're mentioning red race and who knows what, right? So we've graduated. I mean, I've graduated a while from uni. Um... And I hated it. I hated it so much when we first start when I first started working and then I was I felt like I was drowning in thinking about work. I remember crying ev- almost every far through back in my first year at work. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I was but it, it, how to say my charm. I was crying, it was painful, but I felt my closest on the I don't know whether it's a combination of water coming off your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I mean there's uh there's an opinion that kind of encourages you to cry sometimes and when you are connecting to Allah and I um much you feel that sense of vulnerability and you know like your you realize your weakness and your place and the one that can help you is Allah especially when you cry lah. so there's that level of vulnerability that um, macam reminds you of who is your creator you know yeah and I think that's why you kind of felt the closest to Allah when you're crying yeah I think it's very important that we stay in tune uh, with what we are feeling inside I mean I think even in the story of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I mean during the the days of the Jahiliyyah he could not stand the community I mean they're doing all sorts of stuff to the women and to other uh, other aspects of the community so he had to take a break so he went to Gua Gua Shira is it? Mm. <laughs> to meditate yeah. yeah yeah this kind of self-reflection is actually part of Islam and I think it's important for us to take care of our like inner well-being <laughs> instead of always being too caught up in in sec- yeah yeah stuff. Like it, it can also be hard as in that you said because it's the red race right so when you mentioned red race I remember one of the ways that I uh, did my reflections or could find a way to do my reflections was when I could f- I tried to focus on natural nature elements as compared to like I don't know okay, I used to work in Orchard Road okay, so many lights hated it yeah lights people don't know what <laughs> so and then but then because I was so stressed I tried to focus on the trees and you uh, only when I did that did I notice how many trees there were along the orchard road. So beautiful, of course, there were birds. And but the yeah. birds, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But I didn't like that sound actually. Oh really? The one the that, the <laughs> <laughs> like, like I rather hear time. that than like people talking. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, like nature just has this amazing ability to make you feel like things are not terrible, right? And I don't know much. Um, is it cause they are purely following what Allah wants to do. So I'm okay. Uh, uh, I have so many stories. <laughs> I shouldn't be <laughs> yeah, talking. Sure I have, want yeah. you guys to talk. Too many stories. Yeah. Um, but you all want to hear your stories. Really? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I I could talk about how um when I look at the tree swing, right? I think about hey, do you know what their purpose in life is? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> like literally All they need to do Is just follow Allah probably told them Sway lah I'm like here Like wondering like So Hanisa What are you doing What's your purpose in life And oh when I can see the sky 
uh, we have a mutual friend, Sakina, who loves the sky. And I, I love it for the reason that um, when you see the sky and how big it is, right? And you put your hand up, right? You can't reach the sky. And you think like, eh, that thing's so amazing. Probably more amazing than you. And <laughs> probably more amazing than your your problems. And then who created the amazing thing? And then like, it, it distracts you from what's inside. And then brings you to, I think, what's more important. But then later when you go back, I feel like later when I've gone back to my thoughts, my thoughts are somehow clearer. Mm-hmm, definitely, right? yeah. yeah. What's that magic? <laughs> and then, oh, just now before we started, so Akila was showing me pictures of water bodies she said she liked. Let's hear from her about what kind of water. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, all this is all... Like, like, the more we look at nature, the more we can appreciate the beauty that Allah has put us in. All the systems are working in line with each other, and it's so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, and you can <laughs> see Allah's greatness in yes in His creations. Ah. I agree. Yeah, and what water bodies? No, no. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I mean, talking about nature, Singapore has like good nature, but it's limited, lah. Of course. So when I when I travel, I re- like part of my macam goal or itinerary itinerary in my travel is to find amazing like nature landscape. So like mountains or like. Um, rivers or lakes. Uh, so recently, when I went to Turkey, um, there was this crater lake that I really, really, I because before this I went, I went before and I saw that crater lake with my friends lah. And then I, I came back with my family last year and I really, really wanted them to see the crater lake. So um, it was quite a, like a long drive, but it was like super worth it because when we reached and there was like no one else there, and it was just so calm. And the best part was like this because Turkey has like masjids every like a lot of masjids lah. So when we reached there, the azan was actually playing. So that scene was like forever embedded in my head. Like it was so calm, and there was no one else, and then the azan was playing, and I was with my family. So the, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> nature landscapes actually. Um, also help me uh, calm, calm my soul. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When when you look at nature, especially water, mm. I'm not sure why, but like when still water, when you look at it, it's just like this. The water is so calm. Like why can't I be calm? Also? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, when it reflects the sky and all that, now it's just yeah. When it reflects the yeah. sky, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the angry water isn't calm, right? It probably isn't. I mean, Probably has a lot of is yeah. It? yeah. <laughs> so just now, Harry was mentioning systems, and I'm like, oh, it's such an ancient thing to say. Who else would say systems? <laughs> but then we we're talking about water. Okay, just just before we talked about, uh, we started podcast. So we had a friend who reminded us this one thing about water. Harry, maybe you want to talk about it? Sorry, I kind about of about sea water. <laughs> sea water. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So our friend was telling us that sea water is actually uh, one of the right? One of the pure bodies of water that you can use your wudu. But he was also saying that he learned recently that there's a lot of uh, water pollution all around. People are throwing all kinds of rubbish into the oceans. So it kind of makes seawater impure. I mean, in a way that rubbish is inside. Yeah. So he was trying to figure out, I mean, we as human beings, we are supposed to be caliphs on this earth. But at the same time, we are causing this kind of impurity to something that is pure. Yeah. So he was trying to <laughs> Get us thinking about yeah. it, lah. I my first instinct was, oh my gosh, we did that yeah. because it's something that was already decreed, and like the scholars of the past didn't have to second think about it because 
Yeah lah, you look at water. But because even without learning, we know our water is polluted. Come on, media would have shown you. And I think to escalate that even, we have technology that can show us exactly how polluted water is. Right? Even rainwater. Rainwater is supposed to be air mutlak. But we know about acid rain and stuff like that. So would you want like people to be putting that water on your skin without any purifying? Oh, so I mean, this is just taking all those blessings for granted. Uh, really. I mean... Pure water. I mean, we all talk about how calm water is and how purifying it is. But if we are doing stuff like pollution and not doing our part for the for the environment, then I think we are really taking his blessings for granted. Uh. We're not doing our responsibi- responsibilities as caliphs on earth. I mean, really. Although to be fair, right? I think I would like to believe people are not intentional about it, and that's the problem. Yeah, it basically in anything, in wasting and polluting, people are just unconsciously doing it because it's such a norm. And that to to me, that's even more sadie. That we don't realize it. Yeah, we don't realize we are not intentional about it, mm. and and it's the norm to do it that way. Therefore, we just yeah. So much like for instance. Um, only when you're aware of it Then you notice how prevent is Like okay Ambil uduk right Have you seen all the videos Where you yeah. open the water And water flows out Like nobody's <laughs> business <laughs> Yeah So only when yeah. you're aware of it right Then you go to machine You're like Shh, all the sh-, And you're just like Ya Allah Oh my god <laughs> How much water we are wasting Yeah but people are just Not aware of it Full stop You know I think it's become a <coughs> Habit lah for them to Especially Pat budu is like somehow they just use as much water as they want yeah and i think the macam nowadays it's becoming more uh, prevalent of the practice of rasulullah sallallahu when he used as little water as possible to take his wudu yeah and that's i think one of the sunnah that is most important in this time where water is so important and then we are polluting water so it's becoming increasingly limited especially singapore we don't have our own water yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> like really have to I guess it has to be part of the education uh, when we, you know like we, you oh, we educate do young we people we do educate I mean because I, I do freelance work in new water so we teach like little kids about oh the four Singapore yeah. taps yeah desalinated water um, rain water which is technically reservoir water um, imported water that will end in 2062 at, at least the contract with Malaysia is supposed to end then I think they're in the talks to discuss about it but Malaysia I mean uh, you know, who knows you know we might fight and however that's why we also have new water that for ages people have said oh you make water from your own pee and whatever whatever <laughs> is that oh my god I got this question before from like uh, from, I don't know the teacher or kid uh, can we take wudu with clean water oh wow what's your take <laughs> <laughs> water with what <laughs> can you take wudu with new water technically I'm um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Mm. Yeah, it's purified. It's definitely purified. I mean, I mean, it passes the WHO standard, lah. Even I mean, more than WHO yeah, standard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. Um, I would think so. Yes. I would <laughs> say yes. I mean, if we're going to be f- uh, applying our no- our technology knowledge today to uh, rulings, right? You can. T- Tell that new water is pure. There's no trace of pee left yeah. except for the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it should be wudu a bull. 
yeah. not too pure for wudu or <laughs> 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 no I guess just kidding yeah even even sea water we have to process it before we drink it mm-hmm. so that's that I guess back to your point about people being ignorant that they are doing this kind of pollution I think maybe also people don't realize I mean people can say that what's the difference like if I if I continue to use straws at McDonald's or if I throw the plastic bag in the ocean I mean, if I save that plastic bag or those straws, it's not going to save the world. I mean, that's the argument that they always say. That what's one one person going to change the whole environment situation in the world? That's the kind of thinking that so they have. So what's your la. answer? <laughs> <laughs> Someone say that. If everyone starts thinking like that, then nobody yeah. is going to do it. Yeah. And then that perpetuates the problem. So, like, at this, I've seen statistics, uh, I mean, like an infographic la, of... Um, just one person's reduction of using straws and plastic bags mm. and uh, plastic cutlery it makes a huge difference in the amount that is that we pollute the world with lah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So go and find that infographic <laughs> and share with everyone. Like one person makes a lot of difference. I think, like when where I work at the environment building, there's a big poster on the elevator on all the elevators. It says that if every Singaporean turns off the tap one second faster when they bathe, then uh, Singapore will save 60 litres of water every day. So this is some a statistic that is in my mind. But personally, I don't... Like, personally, I think of it as a very introspective thing. Like, if you are... I mean, doing your part for the environment should be between... It's your responsibilities between you and God. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's not going to save the world. I mean, it's still your responsibility to not destroy it, right? <laughs> I mean, on the day of judgment, when you stand in front of God, and then, I mean, are you are you going to be, I mean, you your position, yeah, how are you going to answer? Surely you want to be on the side of trying your best yeah. to to save the environment, even though the outcome might not be saving the environment. You just don't want to be on the bad side of it. Actually, I think of it that way as well, Macham. Um, when people say, oh, it's a bit like, I just want plastic line. I'm like, no, 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 no. If I go to online, Allah ask me, Hanisa. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why do you do that day? <laughs> I'll be like, oh my god, I cannot. So for me, that's always at the back of my head when I'm trying to do environmental stuff. In fact, it annoys me when people ask me stuff like, oh, you guys orang fitri eh? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm a Muslim. Okay? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's as easy as that. If you're a Muslim, it is in your teachings your beliefs and your it's a responsibility yeah. yeah you you don't have to be in fact it's just about being human you have you've been given this how can you just happily use it and waste it and not use it in the best way possible is besides the point if you can save the world or not you are doing your own part <laughs> in the end it's your case in front of god you're not gonna account for all the major corporations that is doing all the pollution or what? I think it, it we can bring in the topic, uh, not topic, the macam concept of taqwa and uh, ihsan as well because um, you go about your everyday life and you just use plastic and you're like, like nobody's going to know that wow. I use one extra Remember plastic. Remember taqwa when you use plastic? Yeah, <laughs> I mean like, it's, it's your knowing that now, like especially nowadays, you have the choice to use other alternatives that are more environmentally friendly and if you consciously decide to use plastic irresponsibly then there's also part of macam keeping yourself in check lah like you this earth is your responsibility and you're making a conscious choice not to do anything about it then like as we mentioned it's 
is between you and Allah as well lah. Yeah, and I mean part of Ihsan is I mean Ihsan is doing things as if Allah is watching you and uh, knowing that Allah is watching you. So yeah, that's why. I, just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, and you don't, you don't. I feel like we don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be extreme about it. Uh, in fact, I I've gone down that path before, right? Of like glaring at people. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 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 uh, a hard habit to kick, of course. Uh, like you take time. Yeah. So like now when people are around me, I say, I. I'm not mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like the one who's sitting in front of us right now, right? I'm fine. Like it, everyone, everyone has their own time and place when they have at, at the pace that they have to go to that, right? But if as long as you are doing your thing and people see that, eh, this person always doing like like bringing her own bottle. Hi, look at my Cinderella Action bottle. Speak louder than words. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they remember you as, oh, why does she do that? Oh, yeah. why does he do that? Oh, should I do that as well? Yeah, then eventually that changes them. Okay lah. I mean, at the bottom of it is the mentality that they want to change, that we want to change, of them being responsible over Allah's blessings and of them being a better Muslim. I mean, straw is an example. Taking less water when you wudu is an, uh, is an example. But I think what we are trying for is the mentality. So, like what you said, like actions speak louder than words. So if your whole life is revolved around trying to be a good Muslim, trying to conserve the environment, then they can take any example from your life. <laughs> and they can, I mean, yeah, they can follow whatever they want. Uh, yeah. Okay, since we're going on this thread of like mentality, right, then I'm going to bring in the annoying um, styrofoam versus cornware example as well. Because have you guys seen the CNA um, video? And that was circulated a while back and you're saying, oh, actually, it's more um, cost-effective for you to use styrofoam than Conway in Singapore because, yeah, because it takes a lot more resources to bring the Conway into Singapore. Because styrofoam is just so much easier, less petrol, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> if we're going to talk about mentality, right, it's not about, at the end of the day, just using a destructive thing just because we can dispose it well. If you had the mentality in the first place to, A, I'm using this because it might be better, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. even if it doesn't add up at the end, then we improve the ending later lah. But then don't just use styrofoam because it, it's already so toxic, the environment. Yeah, so that's, that's the argument that I wish people would think about. There's always a bigger picture that we must look at lah. And then we're talking about remind, uh, being around people and uh, doing um, how to say doing things so that people just see not not for people to see but just because we are doing our own things right then it brings me to the idea of um, friends as takwa uh, checkers honestly right we're, we're very unconscious about um, that our friends are affecting us but come on look back how, how many of our friends have really changed the kind of person that we are right what do you guys think about that if you guys have nice stories about friends you can give a shout out here <laughs> <laughs> I could give a nice story about Akila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Akila, um, we met in Islam Renaissance, remember? She was year one, I was year three. I was this random year three who decided I wanted to do a project halloween <laughs> with her. Yeah, but I remember we were both in procs, right? So we were doing like a lot of planning and stuff. And then uh, we had daily exhibitions to do. And I remember I did the first exhibition duty roster. I was so stressed. I cannot stay until 3 a.m. I messaged people. And then people were like, Anissa, why are you still awake? Because they know I sleep earlier. And then I remember I handed it to Akila and seeing how efficiently she did it. I said, okay, you do it. You do it, please. 
this year what was doing really better that. than <laughs> I remember her being so like so good at it I was because like, I was naive <laughs> <laughs> and had very few responsibilities like, a lot of time uh, to do it. yeah but I don't remember that actually mm. Mm. so I That's think that that inspired me to be better <laughs> <laughs> wow at my efficiency and um just trying to do things as best as I can yeah so that was It's not a taqwa checker, but you know, eh, but it's kind of taqwa because you know it's excellence, <laughs> excellence is that, is that taqwa? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I thought Kairi was going to bury. Definitely. Yeah. So that's one example. I think for me, when I join NUS Muslim Society activities, mm-hmm. is when I really. <laughs> so when I met Kyrie, <laughs> I mean wow. we're in the same ex school. Yeah. yeah, that was a really. Um, I mean when we were in ex school, that was a really. Uh, significant spiritual journey for me lah. Yeah, because I was, kira kan, starting from basic mm. and not knowing a lot of things, and then there were so many like, mashallah, people in exco <laughs> that I was like, well, what am I doing in this exco? <laughs> I'm like feel so lost. But the the people around me really um inspired me to like learn more and um. Be more aware of I don't know my identity as a Muslim I guess yeah so uh, that's one example of how the like people around me really affected me lah significantly and I'm really like thankful for the experience. I mean there were so many brilliant people in our Muslim society, much better Muslims than we are, and just to be in their company I think everyone with the same goal it really helps you with your taqwa tra- tracking ah. You want to be better because the guy beside you is much better. Much better Muslim than you, but I guess it's harder now that we graduate and we are working. So I I don't know about you, but most of my colleagues are Chinese. <laughs> oh yeah, it's PIS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so my good. colleagues are all Malay Muslim, yes, if not Muslim. Yeah, but mm, different lah. It's different. Yeah, yeah, because you you're not. I guess you're not doing how you say like Islamic Islamic oh, kind right, of right, right. events yeah, that yeah, will yeah. like much and really help you remind yourself. So mm. the. That's when the your inner self or your inner strength is the one that you have to cultivate, lah. Because yeah, it it has to be to the point where, kind of I guess your environment doesn't really affect you. Yeah, you know definitely. Yeah. Inevitably, mm. you meet with bad company and you mix around with people who talk bad about their colleagues and stuff. That's what Akila said, lah. It's important that you don't let it affect who you are as a person, and. Yeah, really. And <laughs> if it affects us, I feel it's okay to walk away. Like if if you feel like, because uh, I felt that in my first work environment, um, it was a toxic work environment. Uh, so I I really couldn't sit with my uh fellow colleagues when they were having lunch because I knew they were gonna be talking about our uh, supervisors. So yeah. I isolated myself for mm, a good yeah, which which of course affected my relationship with them later. We could have been closer friends, but I felt like I needed to. Do that because at that point in time, my I I couldn't I couldn't do the filtering I needed mm. to be away. Yeah, but if we're bringing the topic of much um post graduation, right? Sometimes I feel it doesn't even have to be that you have to be around Muslim people because there's goodness everywhere. Sometimes even the one thing I took for granted, uh, I I wish juniors don't take for granted is people who want to solat with you. 
right? Like even if you need another Muslim person at work, right? Oh. Yeah, they're not likely to like, eh, hey, let's jemaah like, together. No, it's not. That's not the same. Right? Whereas in in school, right? Last time we're like when we have a meeting or whatever, eh, hey, time to swallow like, kiasat together. And it's just like so oh, yeah, so nice, yeah, it's so actually. nice and so uniting. But that just doesn't happen, not all the time. And another uh, example I'll bring in would be I've met wonderful people who I think embody um, virtues that are Islamic but they're not Muslims yeah like uh, I'll go back to that trip that I went to China one of my schoolmates uh, in pharmacy I tell you the more I sat with him right I was like dude you're teaching me Islam <laughs> because okay on that trip he probably knows who he is if he ever listens to this but I don't think he will <laughs> so he was uh, Buddhist so but he was the kind of Buddhist that ate vegetarian food And I was like the Muslim who ate halal food, right? So every meal, the teachers would be like, are you guys staying together lucky? Because <laughs> we needed to find food together. And basically anything he ate, I could eat because he was vegetarian. So I'll be like, okay, any, uh, what's that? What's that? And then he can speak the language. At first, I was very worried when I was overseas because I didn't know how to tell them I wanted halal food. And I would hesitate when there was food on the table. But I watched the way he behaved and to me, that was so beautiful. Let me give you an example. We had many um, school-catered meals and the Chinese, at least the China Chinese, were very big on um, making it like a nice dinner because they wanted to honor us. But then you're sitting in the table, right? And then there's like pork, pork in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like, how right. do you tell them, uh, no, I'm not going to eat because I can't eat. So I I was so uh, I was uh, my first early day my first few days there the first starting days I didn't know how to do it but I watched him and he was just like um, he would smile at the people who serve and then he would ask like is there meat in this uh, which one is just yeah so he didn't turn them away he didn't say no but he just picked the meals the ones that he could eat and he would put it on his plate. And you learn from him to do that, lah. Yeah, oh, so okay. I'm like, he he didn't have to be harsh on his preferences, you know. And I was like, dude, that's Islam. Can you please come in? <laughs> yeah, we really really good guy. Um, and we hung out a lot throughout that trip. I think uh, a trip with non-Muslims also really got me to talk to them a lot about faith. So they're like, Hanisa, why you do this? Why you don't do that? And I ask them like, you know, if you talk about life. Um, why do you believe what you believe? Uh, and uh, with that good friend also, eventually there was one meal when I sat next to him and I asked him, um, you know, if you really think back about your faith and how your parents teach it, do you think it makes sense to you? And he actually stopped for a while and he thought about it. Yeah, eventually he said it made sense to him, but he also said that he didn't think it was um, time for him to think about religion because a lot of peers in school are all about school you know but it really shows his humility yeah yeah right and I think that's so beautiful I I probably there was probably a taqwa checker but all of the people there were not Muslims you know so that's another example personally my opinion is that a lot of people tend to draw lines between Muslim and non-Muslims And whether they are aware of it or not, so they try to keep to the Muslims. But actually, like what you said, Allah's beauty is everywhere. They are good non-Muslims mm-hmm. as well. So, if there was any line to be drawn, you probably be between good company and bad company <laughs> instead of your face. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you are good people, then obviously you're going to be good, lah. <laughs> 
character wise I remember this from one of the uh, Islamic awareness series talks by Ustaz Saiful Rahman and he mentioned that there's not a lot of difficulty to be a Muslim when you're around Muslim people. The, the difficulty and the challenge to yourself is when you're put in an environment that is not Muslim friendly in a sense or where you are surrounded by people of other faith. Like, yeah. So like it, that's where you can really uh, see where your iman is and where you yourself can practice um, Islam and be a good Muslim without like the need for other people to influence you. Yeah, like the 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 actual challenge is when you're let's say in America, then there's like you cannot find halal food easily, you cannot find masjid easily, etc. Uh, etc. Et so what are the kind of um ways that you find to continue practicing your faith? Yeah, you must be grounded. Uh. If not you you'd like easily swayed by the environment. Yeah, definitely. Uh. yeah. I think also back to our previous topic. I mean if you spend too much time in bad company or if you spend too much time in non-Islamic company then I guess it's important that you take a break sometimes that you have some way to recharge like for me personally over the weekdays I spend most of my time with my Chinese colleagues and they're always talking about their talking bad about their colleagues yeah sometimes it gets too much but I don't yeah it's toxic but I don't I make a mental note to myself not to isolate myself because I also want to you know, it's a form of that. Why, if you're showing good character to other people, then maybe they will. Some of them will rub off. I mean, I don't talk bad about my colleagues, but if I don't talk bad about my colleagues, my colleagues might not talk bad about them as well. Yeah, that like to me, my weekends are very important. I like to use my weekend to look at nature and to recharge. Really, yeah, to really recharge myself spiritually before I start the whole week again. Yeah, so like bad company is okay as long as. It's not all the time. You need a recharge. You need you need a break for some self-reflection and yeah, stuff like that. But it takes some personal insight to know that you are in bad company and that potentially this bad company can influence you. And then also about um, recharging. I don't know whether you guys uh, recharge alone. See, I find t- alone time is very healing in so many ways. I mean, there was probably a time when alone time was so scary and I think a lot of people might be able to relate to that when I was transitioning from uh, high school to uni right Um, and I first got into pharmacy I spent a lot of my time alone because I didn't gel with the pharmacy people in general and I used to think it's so lonely but then I I eventually I realised I'm not lonely <laughs> because I'm not alone. Like Allah is always there, and because I had all that alone time, I could spend, think of spending that time with Allah. My thoughts were not needed; didn't need to be affected by people's wants and people's needs. Yeah, do you guys spend alone time, and how how is that good or when is that bad? I I can imagine how it can be go. It can go bad. Also. Yeah, I don't know, but personally, I have a alone time schedule. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. on you. <laughs> so every Saturday I have my alone time, but it's oh no, scheduled. he's here today. Yeah. Oh, no. thank you for coming. Of course, to have a friend, but I think it's important if to fill your time with good things, ah, uh, so that you don't spend idle time doing bad things. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my that's my way of doing things. So for example, every Saturday I try to keep myself busy with stuff that I like, and this is my alone time. Yeah. So it's not free time and alone time. It's Stuff that I like and alone time. What about Akila? Hmm. I don't know if it's a common term, but in social work, we call it self-care. Because like every other day of the week, we are 
working with other people for other people you know and like um listening to their problems and helping them then um it tends to you tend to get burned out in the job yeah if you don't have self care so for me self care is part of it is spending some time alone also lah yeah because you <laughs> in my job i have to talk to so many people so and like it, it yeah it's just tiring so your um time by yourself is when you can kind of like rest your mind and think about other things that like Karim mentioned are like the things that you like to do for yourself because uh I think maybe in Singapore we need to <laughs> kind of um apa tu practice self care more and like spread the message that self care is important because I think you don't realize that how work might like affect your mental health to the point where you're just like on autopilot and you don't Uh, do self reflection you don't value relationships with others yeah so like self care spending time alone i think that's important for me also you mentioned um there are times when you feel off right how and then we also said how it takes uh, someone who is aware of themselves to know when it's off mm-hmm. or to even know that you're in bad company mm-hmm. do you guys like what's How, what are signs that you know it's off or it's bad company? To me, it's very clear. Uh. When you don't feel good. Yeah, <laughs> when I don't feel good. Because people will start losing vulgarities and you know it's wrong. But you cannot bring yourself to yeah, separate away from them. Sometimes it's... It's always, I think to me, it's always clear which one is right, which one is wrong. But the difficulty is really doing what's right. I think you have that moral compass already in internally. Uh, okay. So when <laughs> you know what's moral compass. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like you know you have your values and you have your morals that is obviously influenced by Islam punya teachings lah. Yeah, so when when you have that moral compass then and you are aware of that moral compass then that's how you can relate to your environment in a way where you know what is good for you, what is bad for you. But I don't know how to tell people How to build that more compass? That's like a personal journey. No, I mean I totally agree with the personal journey part. I mean people start from different starting points, so you have to respect that, lah. So I mean you cannot expect everyone to really be a good Muslim and to really uphold your values, but I guess you can expect everyone to be on the journey towards somewhere, lah. I feel like for me the signs um, that I keep an eye out for is other than internal feeling, right? Of course the internal feeling is there when eh something's not complete I need to make sure I top up this or top up that for me it's recently also why I'm so excited to talk to you guys today is also because I feel like I need to top up my goodness especially because Ramadan is coming need to cut down the fat top up the goodness and I'm just worried that I'm not topping up my goodness when I'm always worried about business stuff and other stuff Yeah, but then other things that um, for me I just talked about this with a friend at the beach yesterday we Thought we agreed when you look at your friends around you, the ones who are still your friend, or even the ones who are closer to you, that gives you an indicator of whether you're doing okay. You know, yeah. The kind so of friends that you have, the kind of company that, that you, you keep. keep. Okay. Yeah, if a really good person is still your good friend, okay lah. Inshallah, you're still okay. You know? mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Part of that group. Part right. of that group. Yeah. That for me also, I think um hearing what people say about you might also be helpful. Uh, I remember when I was on uh, toxic time in life again uh, and when I first was working I remember I would get feedback about my work performance and I was just thinking like eh that's not me like how how come they are saying that I act like that and then I, then it made me think like is there something 
weird with the company or the environment that's making me behave so unlike me and so not well. So that's another indicator. I guess the val- validation of your character should come from someone who is of good character. Inshallah. So if someone who is good say, says that you are good, then I guess you can say, oh, <laughs> maybe I'm good. But if someone who is good character says that you are bad, then I mean, then you got to check yourself lah. But you know, you mm. know, not all friends are going to be honest. You know that, right? Yeah, definitely. There's some friends who cannot say that you're bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So no, but I'm just pointing out that yeah. if you are looking for validation um, based on someone we, who is unproven, whether he's good or bad, right, then you that. might not know whether it's true or not. He's whatever's judgment on you. I mean, it takes a good person to know what good person is, right? True that. So at the end of the day, right, when I confuse hearing all the people, right, I just talk to Allah, I say, Allah, uh, so for me, my final check is Allah. <laughs> like, uh, Allah, I don't know this one correct or not. You take help, you help me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I will tell Allah. Then I'll be like, Allah, I want to do this. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you you protect me. Like, <laughs> this is literally how I talk to Allah. So, and I, I, I would encourage that for everyone. Like, talk to Allah the way you would. Just talk to someone so close mm, to you, like personal. Yeah, yeah. because he he listens no matter how nonsense your words are. <laughs> yeah, I guess we shouldn't really look at God as a king to slave kind of relationship. I mean, it is. He is the king, though. He I, he, he yeah. is, but he is also closer to us than our jugular vein, and he's supposed to be our closest companion. So spiritually, I he's supposed to be our, I mean our companion in a way, lah. We are his servant, but at the same time, we are supposed to be very close to him, closer closer to him than anything else. So having this conversation with God makes us aware of this connection between us. Now. And it's important that you tap on this to recharge yourself. So we've had a wonderful, I think like one hour worth of conversation that we're going to cut somewhere. <laughs> but um, I guess if we were to end this, um, what would you guys want to say to people who are listening in terms of anything that we touched on just now? So for me, the biggest takeaway from this conversation that I'd like to share to anyone who's listening is the importance of taking care of your own inner health and to be grounded in what you do. Like you, you need time to recharge. You need time to look around nature and to really appreciate um, Allah's mercy upon all of us. And with that, I don't think... With that, you can last... I mean, even in bad company or you can... Even even if things are not going well for you, then you know deep inside that you have all love with you, and to always uh, remember to recharge. Uh. Like uh, I think it's a it's a sunnah of a prophet salam as well. He was in the worst of companies, but he remained. I mean, the best of men, and and he he has such good character which was not changed by his um environment. So any advice, I mean, is to um, to emulate what he did lah, to really be grounded and to recognize that you and your Creator have a special relationship, so you should not let that. You should not let other people. I mean, bad company affect what you do. Yeah, and try not to isolate yourself from bad company. Really? Yeah. You would encourage nah, that. I mean, you you should not have it all the time, but you should not draw the line between. I mean, yeah, purposely isolate yourself. I think because that's like part of it is judging people yeah, for being bad yeah, character, right? Yeah. yeah. So you. I mean, if you feel like you are capable of, you know, influencing some positive vibes or good vibes within the company that you feel is not helpful for you, then, yeah, you don't have to isolate yourself. Lah. But I think to each his own. Lah. If you find that 
you are the kind who might get easily influenced or mm, cannot handle being in that kind of environment, then you might help to isolate also, maybe. Yeah. But I think uh, riding on Kyrie's point, for me, would be the importance of self-reflection. I think it's something that maybe the Singapore community doesn't really talk about and how important mental health is and um, having checks within yourself yeah the for me self-reflection is will be most important uh, yeah and especially when we can get so caught up with this world the demands of this world and the, the problems then you have some time to always do self-reflection and spend that time with yourself i think that would really help you <laughs> survive <laughs> i think yeah it just i just find it really important to have self-reflection uh. so if there's one thing that you can do to help yourself it would be to have that time. Yeah, and then for me, I feel like the biggest takeaway from our conversation today is that you you have that moral compass, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when I talk to people, they are like, what if I don't know? What if people say this? What if people say that? But um, a beautiful thing one of my friends said recently was trust yourself enough to know mm-hmm. what is right and that you don't have to be compared to someone else. You have your own journey, just like you said, Hairi. Yeah. Everyone has their own journey wherever that they are going to be. Hairi <laughs> is going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to be affected by anyone else. If there are people who think you should be of a certain way, if there are friends who demand a certain kind of uh, thing or attention from you, even family members eventually, because at the end of the day, we're going to meet Allah ourselves all that matters is what he thinks of you uh. I, I, I've had this conversation a few times recently with friends I don't know how it came to this conversation but the conversation goes that one guiding uh, principle I guess with anything that you are conflicted to do in your life is if you can die and meet Allah and you think he'll be okay with you having done it or even, even happy and proud of you right that's all you need you don't need anything else so deep mm-hmm. I like this deep <laughs> yeah so thank you uh, Khairi and Akila for coming thank you so much talk to me about, talking to me about goodness I really 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 love Thanks, the conversation and for you guys listening as well thank you so much hope you had good takeaways Um, and if you like this episode you can look up for more episodes with volume uh, at Alkura's podcast Uh, it, wherever you are listening from uh, on this uh, you can um, give your reviews, give us stars, like us. Uh, and if you got questions, right, you can just come straight to us uh, or even to Hairi and Akila and ask your question. Okay? Yeah, so thank you. Uh, may peace be upon all of you. Assalamualaikum.